in this week's episode of the Charlie Charlie One podcast, I sit down with three former Royal Marines and one current serving Royal Marine who are all crazy enough to want to take on the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Ocean Rowing Challenge, a race that will see four men and one boat race across the Atlantic Ocean over 3,000 miles trying to get from point A to point B before anyone else. It is an insane challenge. And whilst researching the challenge, something I'll talk about a little bit in the interview, there are more people who have summited Mount Everest than there are that have rode across an ocean. It is an extreme challenge of insane proportions. Now, I don't want to steal their thunder. We're going to talk all about it in this episode. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Team Commando Spirit. Gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the podcast and thank you all, because it is the evening, thank you all for giving up your evenings uh, to come on here and tell us about what it is that you guys have planned because it is quite epic. I have been reading through the press release that uh, your PR officer sent me, um, six pages of it, looking at what you guys are doing, it seems pretty epic. So I want to spend some time right now, after the introductions, uh, telling our listeners what it is you guys are doing, um, talking a little bit about your hopes and your fears, that kind of stuff, and uh, why it is you're doing what it is you're doing. So let's start. Um, I guess we can go from left to right with introductions. So starting with Callum. Yes, mate. Okay, so um, I'm Callum. I served in the Royal Marines for nine years. I spent most of my time up at four or five up in Arbroath uh-huh. and finished my time, yeah, finished my time uh, in Limston. Um, subsequently, after leaving the Corps, went in the private security sector, uh, did various positions in London, uh, and now I do property investment, which is very, very different, but more settled for the family life. Um, the reason I'm doing this role, well, firstly, it was because Jan, um, our skipper, approached me about it quite some time ago, and I, like yourself, had never heard about it. But the more you look into it, although I had no interest in, to begin with, the more you look into it, it is quite an epic event. And me, me and Jan went out for last year's race start in Lagomera, and it's just phenomenal. Um, and on top of that, we've obviously got our chosen charities, uh, and I know uh, Jamie from Up to Recovery, having served with him. Um, and, you know, these are fantastic causes and they're close to our hearts. So I'm sure the rest of the lads would agree that we're all doing this first and foremost for those charities now. Um, so that's a bit about me. Hoofing. Thank you, mate. Um, Gaz. Yeah, hi. Yeah, yeah so I'm, uh, I'm, at the moment, I'm the only sort of current serving uh member of the team commanding spirit uh during my time uh i've been out to iraq northern ireland um afghanistan um uh, and yeah and sort of after i, I was quite lucky to get those tours out, out of the way sort of early doors um, and then after that I, I sort of decided i was going to go down the path of uh, getting a nice comfy office job uh, and, and sitting back and, and playing a bit of rugby for a couple of years before i got back into it again but i sort of they, they sort of couple of years have turned into sort of 15 years now and I'm <laughs> still, still living the dream 
Um, yeah, but sort of why am I doing this? Um, yeah, initially it was Jan that, that sort of approached me and said, oh, do, do you fancy getting involved in this project? And uh, well, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously being servicemen, we're, we're not great at, at sort of, you know, being sort of the huggy type uh, and, and being that shoulder to cry on. But obviously wanted to give something back um, to, to the guys that were suffering with sort of mental health um, uh, sort of disordered. Uh, and therefore, I, I thought this is my way to sort of help out and, and give something back. Um, and, yeah, and and that's why I sort of got involved. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. All right, thank you, Gaz. Thank you. Tristan. Hi, Mark. Uh, yeah, my name's Tristan Lark, otherwise known as Larky. Um, I did 14 years in, in the Corps, um, and I was medically discharged March 2019 um, with a couple of conditions. Um, since the well, whilst, whilst I was in the Corps, I obviously did the did a did a, a number of tours: uh, Sierra Leone, um, Af- Afghanistan, and Gulf of Aden. Um, I was a I was a PTI by trade. Um, I finished up in the PT school, taking the courses through down there, which was a, which was a great honour. Um, uh, yeah, I was medically discharged, as I said, in 2019. Left the Corps, and I went into um, into equity investment and financial planning, uh, which gives my family a bit of stability and brings in the income uh, for the time being. So that's so so that's my sort of background. Uh, reason I'm doing it: ocean rowing is something um, I've always been really fascinated with. I've always I tried to do a uh, a crossing across the Indian Ocean in 2009, but unfortunately that fell through. Um, I do a lot of rowing myself: coastal rowing, Cornish pilot gig rowing. Um, so it's a, it's a sport that's close to my heart. So that was a, that was an easy box to tick. Um, and I suppose the, the main reason really is, um, you know, I've, I've got family members that have struggled with, with mental health. I've got the, the, myself who struggled uh, a bit with mental health as well. And it, I kind of see this as the sort of the end of my rehabilitation really. And, uh, and a chance to give back to, to those that I know that could be struggling and, uh, having first-hand experience is it, it, not, not a good place to be so whatever help we can get them the better really um so yeah that's 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 my that's my uh, my story thank you man thank you jan the skipper yeah right uh simon or jan as everybody knows me in the core um even my mother got calling me jan at one stage so uh <laughs> But, but yeah, um, retired from the Corps 2010 uh, as a dizzy heights of a colour sergeant. Um, I was done all the normal operational tours, a few Northern Islands, Iraqs, uh, Afghanistan, um, predominantly down in the southwest. Uh, a couple of term, a couple of drafts at 4-2, uh, down at um, Stonehouse, um, went up to 4-5. Uh, I'd get my passport out as soon as I got past Exeter. Um, and then uh, and finished my time off at Limpston the last three years at Limpston doing um, a sports draft. So I was obviously heavily involved with Royal Marines and Royal Navy rugby at the time. Um, you know, team manager in the Navy team. Um, all four of us have got links, heavy links with, with, with Corps and Navy rugby. Um, was involved last time we beat the Army, won the service outright in 2010. So that's a good leaving present for me to leave. Um, but yeah, so this idea sort of come about. I, I trekked to Everest Base Camp um, two years ago, 
And I've always wanted a row like the, the Atlantic anyway. It's always been in the back of my head. Uh, as soon as I finished the, the trek to the base camp, uh, I was just in the car on the way home and the missus from the airport. I was like, what, you know, what are you going to be doing next then? Uh, I was like, I just come straight out of it. So I'm going to row the Atlantic. Uh, so that was the birth, really, of sort of team commando spirit. Um, got hold of the guys. How do you fancy it? Boot next being boot next. Yeah, 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 we'll do that. We'll give it a crack. And the more we looked into it, but, you know, this isn't something we're not going to be able to cuff. We really need to look into this and um, plan uh, and execute it as best we can. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the reasons for the charities as well is I struggled a little bit coming back from Optelic in 2003. Um, and then since I left the core 2010, I've, I've struggled a little bit with transition to civilian life, albeit I was team managing down at Plymouth Albion for a few years when I left the core. So I've still had that sort of camaraderie and that banter, uh, like bootnecks do within the rugby environment. Um, since I left the rugby club, um, I'm working in the prison service now. Uh, I've still sort of struggled over the last couple of years mentally um, with anxiety, a little bit of depression. Um, getting better now. Uh, so I thought, you know, rock to recovery uh, with the Royal Marines charity. You know, two great charities that help uh, our comrades out. Uh, we've all lost um, close friends to us as well through mental health illnesses, through, uh, with suicide, which you know, is a shame. So, yeah, it's just a chance for the four of us to give something back to these charities and give something back to the core. Uh, so that's about it for me. That's awesome. Thank you, mate. Um, and that's it. That's it. That's the team. So it's four of you. You, you guys are, well, that's not the whole team. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes with admin and logistics and all that lot. But you guys are the, the face of Team Commando Spirit. Now, I'm going to get a little bit more specific in a minute and, and talk about the actual race you're doing. But personally, what, what I'd like to know, and I've, never, I've, I've met a lot of people over the years that have rowed different oceans, and I, I can't quite wrap my head around why you'd want to do it. I honestly, <laughs> personally, I can't think of anything worse than being stuck on a boat with three other lads without seeing land for how, God knows how many months. And, you know, we'll talk a, a little bit later about the routine you guys are going to be running. But why, I mean, what is it that attracted all you guys to row? And I read your bios and I know you're all keen rugby players or former rugby players. Are you all keen on rowing or was it just, oh, that will we'll give that a shot? Or has anyone got a background in it? Yeah, well, no. For for me, for me personally, uh, like I mentioned the uh, the rugby earlier on. I was um, I sort of eighteen months ago. I had a bit of a sort of rugby ending injury. Really, I had a, a triple fracture, dislocation of my ankle uh, in the middle of a game. Uh, and, and sort of a few months down the line, I was sort of a little bit low. Sort of realised I needed to pick myself up as well. Uh, and when Jan obviously gave me the offer, it was just something to sort of refocus on. Ref like because I knew I wasn't going to go back to rugby. So that that's sort of end of the year army navy playing in front of 80,000 people as soon as that injury happened that pretty much that that chance had gone so for me it was sort of a, a something to refocus on right um and and, and something to sort of pull me away pull me out of that hole type thing that I was sort of could still feel myself slip, slipping into absolutely it's, it's important isn't it to have a a focus and and I guess a purpose something to drive for you know, and exactly, I, you know yeah. as bootnecks we 
we always need that whether it's you know the next command course the next ad qual whatever it is you know just to keep you mentally on track um no, yeah. exactly still i think rowing at oceans horrendous <laughs> but what about yeah. the rest of you lads I, I, th- I think for us, I mean, uh, last week especially, we've just come back off of four and a half days at sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we set off from Poole uh, with the idea of reaching Plymouth, but being ever the newbies, we were a little bit ambitious in that task, given the weather, the currents and what have you. But there's something quite fascinating about being at sea with no disruptions, no telephone, no social media, no kids. It's, it's a little bit selfish in a way, but it's kind of an opportunity to kind of like do a bit of your own time, you know, focus on nothing other than just rowing and having a laugh with the lads. And then life's as simple as that. And I only really, you know, <laughs> understood that when we were there doing it. It was just, it was just bliss, you know. And so to do it, and I mean, having read a lot of the, uh, watched all the documentaries from previous years, a lot of people touching that as well. You know, it's just a tranquil, nice, quiet environment that you're generally in. It's just, yeah, it's quite fascinating. Tristan? Yeah, I think I'll pick up on that as well. I, I, I do have um, a background in rowing. I, I, it's a sport I've, I've always enjoyed. Um, and the, the, the part of rowing, of, of ocean rowing or coastal rowing, which I do, uh, that I love the most is just being on the water and the peace and the simplicity of life when you're on the water. Um, it really just comes because just comes down to pulling a piece of wood for however long you're going to do it for. Um, and when life can get as hectic as it can do, um, from a, again from a selfish point of view, it's just nice to have that that time out. But I think the main the main reason f- for all of us, it, it, if I'm if I'm right in saying this, is what Gaz has said really, and it's it's having that thing on the in the calendar that that we can strive for and, and train for. So I'm, I'm enjoying the whole process, you know, jumping on the rowing machine tonight, you know, whatever, whatever's in the program for tomorrow. It's all building to that big crescendo in, in December. And having that in itself it is great for your mental health. It's great for your well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it takes the stress away. It makes you a better person. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's the main pull. But, but also, you know, you say being in the middle of an ocean without being able to see land, for me, that's... You don't, you don't get much better than that, to be honest. With you. Okay. I, you know, just being out there, not being able to see land, just you know, just in in a challenge, in the midst of a challenge, that's that's perfect. You could get better than that. Now, let's talk a little bit about the actual challenge you're doing. It's the Talisfield Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. Jam. Yeah. What is that, mate? For people that don't know, I've had a little read about it, and it, it sounds horrendous. But can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's um, like you said, Talisker Whiskey are the, um, the main sponsors of it. It's organised by a company called Atlantic Campaigns, uh, which are based in Newton Abbott, actually. Okay. Um, and it's um, it's a 3,000-mile race uh, starting in Lagomora, which is a small island off Tenerife in the Canaries. And, and it's, uh, like I said, 3,000-mile race across the, the Atlantic, finishing in Antigua. Um, World record at the moment stands at 29 days, 14 hours, 34 minutes, um, which we're obviously going to have a crack at. Um, but that's all purely down to luck, whether the weather conditions are good, any technical issues on the boat, how we all are feeling. But yeah, it's something we're going to have a crack at. Uh, and obviously, we ultimately want to win the race as well. Um, there's 
Um, at the stands at the moment, there's 25 other crews that are taking place in it, so it's not just us. Um, so we all meet in Lagamora, middle of um, November. Um, sorry, the end of November. The boat gets shipped out beginning, uh, beginning of November. We all meet at the end of November for pre-race um, safety briefs, etc. All headed up by the Atlantic Campaigns team. So there's like race um, safety officers, doctors, um, all kinds of people there to, to you know, set you off on um, the, the best way you can and, and prepare you as best as possible. So, yeah, so we've got the boats, ocean rowing boats there. It's, it's 28 feet long by six foot wide. So it's very narrow. It's designed you know, for racing. It's slimline. And on board, we'll be having to carry up to a maximum of 60 days food, which is a bit like the um, Arctic ration packs, basically, or, or um, dehydrated foods. Um, we've got a water maker on board, which will um, make our own water, making probably about 40 to 50 litres uh, a day for us to get through. Um, we've got all ARS systems, compasses, VHF radio, uh, all, all, all the sort of um, safety equipment and instruments on board. They're, they're generated by uh, or powered by lithium batteries, mm -hmm. which are, um, uh, we've got solar panels on the boat. So they power, the, they charge lithium batteries, which in turn charge um, all, all, the, all the systems on board. So, so yeah, so that's basically it. So the race start is the 12th of December uh, from Lagomora. And, and hopefully we'll be in um, Antigua 28 days later. Um, miss Christmas. But, yes, yes. So we're away over Christmas and New Year. Um, but the race itself, there's other team. You know, the other teams involved. There's there's solo guys doing it. There's pairs. There's trios. There's fours and there's fives. Um, so you all start off at the same at, you know, the same day different and uh, various uh, times in between 10 minute gaps in between I think it is um, but but yeah so that, that's basically in a nutshell is there a specific reason why it's set on those dates is this something to do with the tides or anything yeah that time of year you've got the natural trade winds and the natural currents that naturally go in that sort of direction so hopefully that will propel you along um, we, we anticipate well every year you, you will hit bad weather um, you know, in excess of 20, 30 foot waves, um, hit some storms. Uh, hopefully, the currents you know, will go our way. Uh, but as we found out last week, you know, fighting against the current is hard work. Mm. On, on average, we're, we're trying to average about three and a half knots um, an hour. But last week, we were only averaging one and a half against the currents. Uh, but again, you know, it, it's set in December. Everybody thinks all oh, December it's going to be freezing, the weather's going to be bad. But it's also out of hurricane season, so hopefully we'll miss the hurricanes as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, so weather, to, you know, good weather for us is high winds and a big swell going in the direction that we're going to help us propel us across. Yeah. A, a bad day for us is nice blue skies, sunshine, and no wind. Yeah. When you've actually got a rope. Oh, um, right. So yeah, so good good weather for us is yeah, I said big swells, high winds, and we can pick up some speed and pick up the distance, and hopefully you know get up to over a hundred miles a day uh, in a twenty four hour period. Um, on average, people like sort of between fifty and sixty miles a day, but on a good day with those sort of weather good weather conditions, you can get over a hundred miles. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll be we'll be rowing non stop. 
and so it'll be 24 7 the boat will be moving at all times the um will be two on two off routine yeah so there'll be two hours on two hours off so there'll be two two guys rowing the other two guys will be resting as much as possible um, but within those two hours, you've got to eat, drink, sort your personal admin out, navigation, anything wrong with the boat, you've got to repair. So you're lucky you probably get an hour of sleep before you're back on the oars again for two hours. So there's, at, at all times, there are two people rowing, two people doing admin and resting? Yes. Around the clock? Yeah. So like yeah, for the whole duration. Days. Yeah, at least, yeah. So that's a pretty yeah. hardcore routine. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds horrible. Uh, if I'm honest, yeah. you'd have to compose that. Well, I, I think there, there are other routines that some other previous teams have kind of tinkered with, and um, so we're still in the early stages of the kind of the prep. But you know, there's a there's a theory that if you're leading the first third of the race, um, generally you're looking like you know you're on for a winner. So some teams try to row three up for quite a sustained period just to generate a bit more output and push them further along to begin with. But again, we've not quite discussed that yet. So uh, there's different strategies perhaps that we'll be thinking about. Did you don't want to give too much away at this time though, do we? Okay, right, I'll stop now. I was going to drill <laughs> down a little bit. But no, that's smart. That's a good idea. Now this, this might sound like a bone question, but this is because I know nothing about ocean rowing is it just a case of you said earlier you set off in like 10 minute intervals so i'm, I'm assuming each boat will be timed tagged and timed yes. so is it as the crow flies fast as you can quickest time over line wins or do you accumulate points some way across the way or how no, you... quickest time wins basically so yeah the clock starts as soon as you start the start line across the start line in lagamora uh, and then finishes when you finish go over the finish line in, in Antigua. Um, but you, it's, I mean, it's not really a straight line. A lot of a lot of boats will go um, north or south of that straight line according to the weather to pick up the good weather and to pick up currents. So a lot of boats tend to go further south to start off with, okay, and, and to pick up that that those sort of swells and the currents, and then. As you get closer to Antigua, do a sort of right turn, if you like, and come into Antigua. But it's all it's all weather dependent. You know, next the year we're doing it, the weather may be better north, so we go further north. It's all dependent. You can't predict the weather, so it's all weather dependent. But we've got um, we've got a very good weather router working for us, um, so he'll be sending us updates uh, every twenty four hours with a five day forecast. With, um, with with the weather and, and telling us a, a, a bearing and, and our waypoints and basically where to head for and pick up good weather. Okay, so it's a lot, a little bit more complicated than going a straight line. Yeah, I mean, if you um, because like we said earlier on, because of the condition we're doing at that time of year, if you just jumped in the water with a flotation device on in the Canaries, you would end up. In around the Caribbean somewhere at a certain time, you know, a few months later, right. because it naturally goes that way. You may hit Mexico or something, South America or whatever, but you, you'll be over that way somewhere anyway. Gotcha. Lads, what are, 
again, because of my lack of any knowledge or experience about rowing, what are the living conditions like on a boat? I mean, where do you, you've got to do everything on this thing, right? Sleep, eat, go to the toilet, row, you know, if you've got any, you know, if you need to stretch, warm up, that kind of stuff, all in this little confined space. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, it, it's, it's not just that. It's, it's when the other lads are rowing, um, you've got to be careful where you step in the boat because it inhibits their ability to row. So you've got to try and stay central in the boat. So actually, that reduces your admin area to a thin strip that runs down the centre of the boat mm-hmm. into the cabin at either end. Um, I mean, I mean it, it, you have to move around the boat. So there's, there's scenarios in which you have to just say, look, lads, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to get to that cabin behind you, so I'm going to have to climb, climb over you. But, but you know, it, it's, it's like anything. You know, when, when, when you're in the core, it, it, the, initial, um, the initial sort of first few hours is a bit miserable and what you get used to it. But before you know it, a shell scrape can be the most comfortable place on the planet, particularly if you've just come in for a patrol. And it's the same when you're on a boat, you know, it's, if you've just come off the oars for two hours, you, you don't really care. Just as long as you've got somewhere to lie down, um, you don't really mind where it is, do you? So no. it's, it's a... Right, integrity shout here. <clears throat> Who is the biggest admin rhino who's going to be have their kit everywhere like a grenade's gone off? <laughs> who's, who's the worst? Because there's always one. There's always one. Yes. <laughs> I, knew you were gonna, I knew you were going to say that. Who is it? Oh, Colour Sergeant Admin Evans over here, is it? Yeah. yeah, it. yeah uh, I, do, I do tend to call Gaz Captain Admin sometimes, so gotcha. Uh, gotcha. that probably answers your question, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, mate, don't believe him. Do not believe him. I'm just a, scape- I'm a scapegoat here. I'll, I'll ask you again when you guys get to the end. Who was the biggest happy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, at this rate, we're going to be coming in as a three, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so if, especially if Jan, if Jan carries on, we're going to be coming in as a three. <laughs> Lads, this is going to be on, on multiple levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, really challenging. And I know you're all going to have a different answer for this. So we'll probably, again, we'll start from left to right, starting with Callum. But what do you think is going to be your biggest challenge and either individually or as a team? And how do you think you're going to overcome that? Uh, individually for me, it's, it's, I've kind of zoned the, the race out of my head and it's mainly leaving the kids. I've not, having left the core for since 2012, I haven't really left the kids that much. So I think that's going to be quite difficult. Um, as a team, I like to think we're going to be as prepared as we can be, but obviously that's just ne- never the case. Um, but I think our strength is that we know each other, we've worked with each other long enough, and we know what we're like as individuals and collectively. You know, we, we know how each other work. So we know not to touch that button, you know, on someone, you know, if they're having a bad day. And we were given a good bit of advice from Lee Spencer, obviously. Okay. Legendary bootleg. He's done a lot of ocean rowing. And that was just not to cr- criticise the bloke next to you if he's having a bad day, because the chances are the following day you're going to be having a bad day. So Absolutely. it's the best of a bad situation, you know. Yeah, you, 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 we've stitched ourselves up for it, so there's no point in complaining about it. It's happening and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Guys. Yeah, I think well, for, yeah, for, same as same as Carl. Really, I think um, like leaving the family of Ion is is going to be pretty tough, uh, especially over Christmas. Um, uh, and yeah, um, I think another thing is yeah, just getting used to the routines, getting getting used to working in such a confined sort of area and space, knowing that like so, so what Larky was saying earlier about even if you if you fall asleep in the cabin and, and roll over onto your side or whatever, that has an effect on, on the guys on yours and it's. It's going to be trying not to not to sort of get work too worked up about it and just um, and lot oh, well I think our, our, our master strength is obviously that we're all booting next we've all been through training we we all know what our what our sort of baseline is mm-hmm. and that how low and how hard we can push ourselves um, and yeah and, and again like Callum said if someone's having a bad day um, our, our plus point is that we we all know when someone's having a bad day you, you sort of you do your best to lift them up. Uh, and carrying forward because you know you know pretty well in a few days' time when you're having a bad day they're going to do the same for you. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, without wanting to echo things, it's going to be individual. It's going to be leaving the family again. Um, it's 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 going to be a hell of a wrench, and the further the further you get away from land, is going to it's just going to accentuate it. Uh, and like Gaz said, over Christmas, New Year. A time when it's just synonymous with being with the family, and it's a nice time of year to do that. Um, it's going to, that's going to be really, really tough. Um, I think for, for me, even as a PTI, and I've done all the physical training programs for the lads, and I've planned it all out. I don't really see this as a physical challenge personally. I think it's going to be more, more of a mental challenge. Um, getting over the boredom. Uh, there's going to be some real tough, tough parts. Um, there's also it's also dealing with fear, you know. We 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 spent four or five hours out just outside pool in twenty to twenty five foot swell, and that's pretty miserable. That uh, and if there's a couple of days of that, that's gonna that's gonna hit morale pretty hard. Um, but I think for me, our our biggest strength is our ability to communicate with each other. We're not we're not clammed up, boot necks. We don't um, we don't not talk. Um, if one of us is struggling, we're good at communicating to each other that we're hanging out. Uh, that we're struggling and, and we need a bit of bit of help. Um, the, 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 the two hours on, two hours off can easily change. You know, but we're not we're not set in stone on that. If if we're hanging out or if we're feeling fresh, we can make make the most of, of feeling fresh. But but yeah, I think our ability to communicate will be key to to, to a smooth crossing. Yeah, just um, yeah, pick up on the points what all the lads have said. Really, it's um, it is more than a. a a mental challenge. A lot of guys have done it before, said, and they advertise it as you know, it's it's ninety percent a mental challenge, ten percent physical. You know, Larky's doing a great job of our training program at the moment. You know, it's, it's hardcore. Um, that it'll, it'll get us right physically, but mentally, um, you know, we've all we've all known each other for in excess fifteen years um, at, at least. You know, we've all worked together in the core. We've got that rugby environment together. Yeah, but we're, we're good mates, uh, and, we'll, and we will get each other through it. For me personally, all through my career, I've always set myself goals, like three-year goals, where what, what I want to achieve within those three years. Uh, and, and being bootnecks as well, you know, even like you know, recruits that are going through training nowadays, it's just that vision of, a, of a getting your green berry, and, and it's just that mentality of, of reaching and you know, marching off that parade ground on, on passing out day. Yeah, the, the training teams, all the guys there are to get you through it, and physically and mentally. But you've got to want it. 
uh, and I think that's where the four of us, um, that's where our strengths are. Like I said, you know, we've all known each other for years. Mm-hmm. We've got that bootneck mentality. We've got all the commando spirit ethos. Uh, and we've got that will to help each other and, and, and go out and win it. Um, so, yeah. All right, Hoofing. So flipping on its head then, and we'll start back down with, with Callum. If there is anything, apart from finishing, what are you most looking forward to? <clears throat> I think for me, um, coming into Antigua, you mean there's so many YouTube videos and documentaries about this race. And the elation at the end of it, you know, it just seems phenomenal. Um, and I touched on it before in Lagomera when me and John were there watching the race start. You know, there's some pretty hardy guys and girls there. And they're all in floods of tears because they're leaving their loved ones mm. and they're nervous and what have you. But just coming into Antigua, all the super yachts, for instance, you know, the honker horns, you know, there's fireworks, flares going off. And it will just be the best for me because the kid, I'm purposely not bringing the kids out to Lagomera because I want to kind of endure that time away from them and have that as an ultimate kind of goal that will draw me to Antigua faster if needs be, you know. So, yeah, coming into the English Harbour, it's just going to be phenomenal. Yeah, so that's me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just looking, looking forward to, um, to the challenge, really, uh, and getting and, and sort of trying to complete that challenge. Uh, I mean, we went out for, uh, for a few days on the South Coast um, a couple of weeks ago, it was the last weekend. Um, and just, just the, the sort of stories that's come out of two or three days out on the water. And that, <laughs> the ditlock <laughs> is full up at the moment. And that, so um, to sort of go away for four or five weeks, I'll be, I'll be toppers with this. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you record yeah. most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm just most mostly looking forward to the challenge, getting the tick in the box, uh, and, and and basically saying I've, I've I've done it and completed it. Yeah. Um, I think for me the bit the bit I'm looking forward to the most, obviously, get, getting getting into to to Antigua is going to be phenomenal. That goes without saying. That probably tops the bill. But other than that, it's 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 that. It's that um, getting up in the morning when you're on the oars and you can start to feel the sun on your back as you're heading, you know, as you're heading um, heading west and um, and, that, and watching the sunset in the evening um, every night for 28, 29 days. It's that's going to be pretty special. That um, apparently the sights, the stars, the wildlife um, is, is is incredible. So that sort of stuff, I'm I'm looking forward to all that stuff that can distract you from the rowing, distract you from the mundane part of it. Um, I think it could be could be really really interesting. Yeah, for me, it's probably um, spending four or five weeks with Gaz Evans on a boat. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such an idiot, isn't he? <laughs> this is the kind of planter that's going to be going backwards and forwards uh, in my yeah, face yeah. for five weeks, solid. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, with, with Callum, you just switch off because no one can understand him anyway. You can just hear white noise. <laughs> that's fine. Just so, uh, <laughs> But no, um, like like uh, like Carl said, the boys said, basically just getting into Antigua, seeing Antigua on the horizon, you know, really going for it, knowing you're nearly there, and then coming into the harbour, 
um, knowing that you've done it and you know completed it with a, with a good bunch of mates as well. To be honest, yeah. So I was I was scanning through all your your bios and everything before we started recording. Um, so I, I knew you know you're connected through rugby and everything like that. And we talked earlier a little bit about um, Rock to Recovery and the Royal Marines charity. And, and I know um, from being around other people that have done extreme events like this that it's very beneficial because morale is going to dip lower at certain points. It's very beneficial to have a, a really compelling reason why you're doing it. You know, you mentioned the charities at the beginning and, and some of your individual experiences. But have you guys each got an individual why? You know, when, you, when you're hanging out and you're like, why am I doing this? You know, and then you just switch it back on and you remember why you're there. And we've all done it before and you pull yourself out the pity party and just keep on rowing. I'd be really interested to, to know if you've got one of those. Yeah, um, well, for, for me, it, it's been, having been at the core for quite a while now, and kind of, especially the last three years or so, fallen into a very normal life. Um, and there's, I'm based up in Suffolk, so there's not a lot of bootnecks around me. The rest of the team are based out in the southwest, and uh, there's no camaraderie, you know, for people that I know up here. Um, and there's nothing driving me personally as an individual. I mean, as a family member, of course there's drive. It'd be the best father you can be, all that kind of stuff. But selfishly, taking myself away from I want to set myself a new kind of goal. And, you know, an ocean goal is exactly that, you know. I, like Larky touched on, to wake up and do a training session, know the rest of the lads are doing the training session together. It's just, it, it, it's like being back in the core. Mm. You know, and even even going away in that week's roll last week, we all got our jet boils and our lashings and just little things like that. It gives you the sense of even being back in the court again, you know, being amongst the boys. And it, it's just pleasant to have that feeling again. Yeah. Um, because it's a very normal lifestyle for me and a lot of the guys. You know? Yeah. Guys. Yeah, I think, well, for, for me, sort of the, the real sort of, Deep down, reason is uh, is just trying to raise money for these uh, for the charities and that. Um, I had um, so my section commander in, in Ireland and um, sort of years back now. He was um, he was probably one of the most strongest um, sort of hardest guys that, that, that I know. Um, and then uh, we sort of right, and even today I sort of I try and model my um, my sort of leadership style on him and that because he he meant that much to me. Um, then. After a tour of, um, well, he came back for a, a tour of Afghan and, and and sort of just seeing a difference and how he deteriorated um, with his mental health uh, on off the back of that, uh, and obviously the knock-on effects it had on his family. Um, that that for me really brought home how how bad sort of mental health can be if you if you've got bad mental health. Um, so yeah, so, so sort of deep down for me, having that real close sort of personal connection. Um, is, is yeah, just trying to raise as much money as you can for those charities. Um, yeah, for me, it's 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 two pronged really. There's there's obviously the personal ambition that uh, I've always wanted to row an ocean, and it's one of those things that when you enter into a challenge like that, um, you you don't know whether you're going to achieve it, and uh, and it's going to get dark. You know, it's going to get really dark, but tough. Uh, so, so when you pull yourself through it and you get yourself into Antigua, 
there's, there's going to be few things that are going to top that. You know, it's like getting your green beret in that respect. When you first enter training, you you really don't know whether you're going to achieve it. You you, you know you, you know you, you think you know your limits, uh, but it turns out you don't. And um, hopefully, we'll find them limits again when we're out in the ocean. Um, but but also for me, it's it's the raising awareness piece. Obviously, we're we're looking to raise as much money as possible, but it, it's raising awareness of 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 what Rock to Recovery and Rawmish Charity. Uh, can do and it's this whole tagline of it's it's okay to to not to not be okay um to not feel okay uh and and it's it's not about the big traumas it's not about the big sort of um uh you know the big the big contacts the big stuff you go through in the core it's often just the smaller things that eat away and even transiting out the core in itself i saw a lad on the moor just yesterday when i was out with the kids on a walk and he was saying he's struggling. He left in January and, uh, and he's struggling now. And I know exactly how he's feeling. And it's just making lads like that know that it's, it's okay to feel like that. And there's people out there who, who can help you through it. And it's not, it's not unboot-neck-like to, uh, to, to go and seek that sort of help. Um, so so that's, that's a really important factor for me. Yeah, no, I, we, I strongly agree. We need to get a message out you know, a lot louder and a lot further to just to, so lads know, you know, like you said, it's, it's okay not to feel okay, no matter how big and tough and hairy and nails you are, you know, we all go through it and it is natural, you know, so, you know, reach out, speak to the lads and, uh, you know, let them help you through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jan. Is Jan frozen? No, I'm sorry. Oh, I yeah. thought you were frozen then, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so no, I mean, the lads have sort of hit, hit the nail on the head, really. You know, they, they've summed it all up, especially Larky. You know, putting aside our personal um, goals of, of wanting to do it, you know, one of the main reasons we are doing this is to raise awareness uh, for the charities. Uh, and, and like we just alluded to, you know, get that message out there to, you know, it's, it's okay not to feel okay. Uh, especially for bootnecks, you know, we all think we're hardened lads and getting out there and keeping quiet and bottle things up. Uh, and I'm terrible for it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been out the core 10 years now and, and even my time during the core and now, I'm, I'm terrible at bottling things up. Uh, and when I do talk about things, it's like a massive sigh of relief. Mm. Uh, my mum's always noticed when something's wrong with me. All through my life, she knows when something's wrong with me because I go into that shell. I don't talk. Uh, and even now, yeah, as soon as I open up, I just feel so much relief uh, and feel better for it. So you know, it's just using this extreme challenge to get that message out there uh, to, to all, all guys and girls um, you know, in, in the services and the core as well. You know, just, just talk. You know, if you're struggling, pick up the phone to rock to recovery. You know, the lines are 24-7. Yeah, even if you don't want to talk to them just speak to someone you know, it's never too late someone will listen to you mm-hmm. uh, so if you've got anything on your chest you're, you know, you, you're struggling in anything please you know, go and speak to someone you'll feel so much better for it afterwards yeah. and, and I personally will do everything I can and with my Women's Charity hat I will do everything I can to spread that message for you guys and, and push out all your content and your progress and let people see what you're doing hopefully I'll be able to link in with you at some point prior to you leaving um, for a quick catch-up. But yeah. um, just before we finish, I found some, some what I think are quite funny facts about Rowan <laughs> Ocean, um, I'm going to say in a minute. But before I do, um, 
have any of have any of you lads got anything, any final messages you want to leave with? Anything you want to say to anybody? Uh, no, obviously um, we've got all our social media sites out there, we've got our websites. Um, you know, please get out there, support us. Um, we still need financial support to help us get to that start line in, in December. You know, it's not a cheap thing to do. So, you know, by helping us get to the start line, you know, after sponsorship is in turn helping us raise awareness and money for the charity. So, you know, get on the website, www.teamcommandospirit.com. All the links are on there. Uh, you know, please help with, as much as you can. I think that goes that goes out to businesses as well. Um, if, if anyone's out there who wants to, who feels that they can align themselves with, with our with our pitch and our, our pledge and what we're trying to achieve, it would be great to have have you on board. We're we're, we're looking for that corporate sponsorship to to help us to help us get to the line. Um, without that sponsorship, we we can't even get to the line, and raising awareness then becomes very very difficult. So so yeah, that's that's the that's the big one. Any final parting words, lads? Right, let me... So I was reading through these facts and I just wanted to rattle off a couple of the funny ones for, uh, for anyone who is as inexperienced when it comes to row one as myself. So but this was actually really interesting. Each team will row in excess of 1.5 million oar strokes over the course of this race. 1.5 million. So if anyone listening could donate one pound per oar stroke, I'm sure the lads would really, really appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And and this one got me as well. So more people have climbed Everest than have rode an ocean. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty, that that speaks volumes of how challenging this is, what you guys are about to do. Yeah, it's still a unique thing to do. It's not, like you just said, it's more people climbed Everest, so it is still a unique um, challenge. Yeah, that one, that one got me. And and this one too, actually, because I think you said you experienced a bit of this in one of your training runs the other day. The waves the rowers will experience can measure up to 20 feet. 20 yeah, feet minimum. Waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. When I said earlier, what are you looking forward to? I'm guessing that isn't it. No. Is that, no. that sounds terrifying. Well, it's going the right way. We want that. Say again. Is that a yeah, if it's going the right direction, that's what we want to help us because you can surf down the well, waves. Yeah, you can surf on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, when when we were out, um, sort of along the south coast the other day, we were sort of we got caught in that swell, and it was, yeah, it's pretty hairy. And I, I don't, I don't honestly know how how big that swell was, but it felt like being on a fairground. You know, on like the the boats at the fairground rides that go. Sort of up and up. At one minute, I was sort of. <laughs> I was looking up at the like looking directly up in the air at, at the top of the boat, and then like then they were underneath me, and then yeah, it's horrendous. Then I got pretty seasick after that. <laughs> as as Cal knows, yeah. So I was, I was asking, asking for, I was, so I was at the front, I just smashed in my bacon back, and at that point I realised, yeah, I was going to be seasick just on my last on my last mouthful, and then I turn around turn around to Cal and Cal, get me a bucket. <laughs> like, I, I thought that was a fairly fairly straightforward question, like that. and he's at, he's at the back in his in his, in his, in his stupid accent, like, eh, what what colour do you want? Cow, it's getting it was too late. I just, uh, there's, uh, there's chunks of chunks of sausage and bacon all over Jan's feet. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I saved that yeah, for my coffee. 
<laughs> yeah, but no, if, if a swell is anything like that, yeah, it's, it's not going to be great. No. <laughs> now, this next fact, I'm assuming this wasn't based on bootnecks rowing, because it says that each rower is expected to use 800 sheets of toilet paper during this race. 800 each. <laughs> um, so that's probably the normal average civvy, but... We all know that when we're in those conditions, we tend to kick it up a notch. So uh, make sure you're well stocked. <laughs> and it says each rower, this is what I find interesting, needs to consume 10 litres of water a day, obviously because of the physical exertion, but also you're going to burn in excess of 5,000 calories a day. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, just going back quickly, earlier you said you had to have 60 days rations each, is that right? Mm-hmm. 60 days in total for the four of us, yeah. yeah. So you take 45 days dry rations and 15 days wet rations for emergency rations. Got it, okay. So yeah, probably more than 800 sheets of toilet paper then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you come off a two-hour shift on the oars, you're getting a, 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 you know, some sort of scran in you, whether it be a snack or whether it be a full meal. Um, and uh, some of those meals are 800 calories. Wow. You think you, yeah, do you know what I mean? You do, every time you do a two-hour shift, you're doing 800 calories. Yeah. yeah it's uh, mm-hmm. that's some serious... We're going to be overweight, actually, once a week. Well, one of the other facts here says that the average rower loses around about 12K in body weight rowing, which makes sense. Yeah. And... Uh, the one I guess I'll finish on is that there's no toilet on board and you guys have got to use a bucket. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> put to miserable. use last week. <laughs> and all is that four, four of us are christened the bucket. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty miserable when you're rowing and someone's, someone's having a dump over your shoulder. Not bad. Dry... <laughs> Not bad. Wow. You know, straight, in, <laughs> straight into a dry bucket. Beautiful. Yeah, especially, especially when they wrap it up and leave it there for you. <laughs> rowing... You're rowing next to it for two hours. I was there for two hours, rowing next to it. I'm like, what the hell does that smell? It stinks. And he's like, oh. Yeah, John's like, oh, oh by the way, I need, still need to empty my bucket from this morning. Oh, <laughs> this, this is going south now, isn't it? This is, yeah. going, this is going to start going south. Just been, just been rowing next to Mr. Hanky for the last two hours. <laughs> Cheers, John. Thanks, mate. Dad, it's... It's an incredible challenge that you guys are un- going to undertake. Um, and, and I wish you all the best. I'm sure everyone listening wishes you all the best. Um, and we will try and follow your progress, share your progress, keep people updated, let, let them know where you are, what you're doing, how it's all going. Um, but before we wrap up, is, is there anything else you want to say? Um, I'm going to leave all your links and everything I can to your website, your donation pages in the, the bio to this podcast and all of our social media. But uh, anything to wrap up with? Yeah, there's a just just a bit on uh, following us during the race. You can actually do that. There's an app you can get on the phone called uh, the YB Races app, which is the yellow brick app, and that effectively connects to our tracker and all the boats. And you can see the boats track of them as they progress through the race. So you know you'll find yourself addicted to it every morning this year. And last year's race, you know, we were hooked on it every morning. You know, looking at the progress. Right of some other teams so yeah there you go awesome. i think i think it's it's worth mentioning isn't it that um obviously during this covid um pandemic 
the charities um, across the board have, have been have been smashed, and there's a lot of charities that are in dire dire straits at the moment. So um, let's use this opportunity and what we're trying to achieve. We've managed to muscle our way through COVID and still stay as a team and still stay in the race. Um, let's try and support us as much as you can by by donating and trying to get that corporate sponsorship. If you if you know a business that's potentially could align with us, um, it's time to give back to the charities now. Um, the NHS. I've been inundated with with funds and and all sorts of stuff, and it's well deserved. But the charities have been left behind, and they need the support now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, lads, thanks yeah. again. Yeah, just one you know, final thanks to all the land crew as well that are helping us out. Uh, you know, we've obviously got our marketing and PR guys, Christine, uh, you know, Rob, Nikki, uh, Lawn, our nutritionist. Uh, and Will, our photographer, you know, we, we've got a good team behind us that's uh, putting us in the best position we possibly can. Uh, and, and thanks to you as well for hosting us tonight and uh, helping to get the message out. My pleasure. My pleasure. Lads, best of luck with all the training, with the race, everything uh, leading up to it. If I can help in any way, or the charity can help in any way, just let me know. Like I said, I'll do what we can. And um, get you out there and get, get that awareness and those funds raised. Thank you, Mark, mate. Cheers. Cheers, Take care. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, if, like me, you don't know a huge amount about ocean rowing, I hope that interview was insightful and that you learned a little bit. And if nothing else, you probably learned how crazy these four guys are for wanting to do this. Now, hopefully, we're going to touch base with the guys again before they leave in December. If we can, we are going to try and get a bit of time with them while they're taking part in the race. And then if things aren't too crazy at the end, I'm going to grab them to get their thoughts and feelings and reflections at the end of the race. Guys, thank you as always for continuing to support what it is that we do here at RMA, the Royal Marines Charity. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to you guys that have reviewed it, that share it. I hope that all of these episodes that we bring to you are insightful and if they're not insightful i hope they're at least entertaining thank you guys for listening thank you for your support we all really really appreciate it i will catch you in the next episode